Well, good morning. morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody's had their coffee? All right, you ready to roar? All right, I'm really excited about the message this morning, but before we start, I really want to do this, okay? I just want to, I want everyone here to practice the presence of the Holy Spirit, okay? We're going to pull a Brother Lawrence. Isn't that going to be fun? All right, so um, here's what I want you to do. It's very simple. And then once you do this, you can see that you can do this anywhere, especially for those in the marketplace. You want to do this before you go into business meetings or whatever. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. It's that easy. <laughs> Whoa! Just acknowledge him. Just right now. Just, just take a minute, close your eyes, and just acknowledge him. And I want you to wait until you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can open your eyes as soon as you're done. As soon as you feel him come. It's that simple. Isn't that amazing? Um, you know, we're going to be carriers of light, and um, there's so many things that are going on right now in the world. You look at the news, and it's terrifying. You're like, <laughs> I'll turn that off because I'm so depressed now. But, we're, uh, but the church is called to be the light that dispels the darkness, not the other way around. Amen? Amen. And we can learn how to be carriers of the Holy Spirit and, and really um, that everywhere we go, we just bring, we just bring him because we, we know how to, how to um, um, like that Care Bear stare. Do y'all remember the Care Bears, the Care Bear stare, how the Care Bear, just that light out of their belly? <laughs> and we know how to just release that, the, the, the light of the Holy Spirit everywhere we go, and it transforms the atmosphere. And so that's really who we should be. People should know who we are without us saying a word. Because they're like, I don't know what happens, but something, something changes when you walk in the room. You're like, yeah, it does. And it shouldn't be your perfume. Come on, ladies. Yeah. All right, that's not even what I was going to talk about. But I just felt like um, that we needed to really acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. So, now, last week, how many of you were here? Raise your hand. Okay, last Sunday, yeah. All right, so what I was talking about is as I was talking about the upper room discourse, and we were, we were, we were covering um, John 14 through 17, and just really um, saying, you know, what's the theme, what's the thread that goes throughout all of those chapters? It was the very last conversation that Jesus was going to have with his disciples, and he knew that. He knew this is it. So, so it's, it's, I love those those three chapters, specifically because it's a summary of the entire life of Jesus. And I, I'm, I don't know about you, but remember college, how, you know, you get to that test or whatever, and you're thinking, dang, I didn't even read any of that book. <laughs> so you would go, I don't know about y'all, but I like had, I had the crib note, those, those little, uh, what are they called? Cliff notes. Yeah. Where you would go and it's like yellow, like in yellow writing. I had them for like every book. And I just, that, that I was kind of the shortcut girl. So um, uh, I love, that's why I love the upper room discourse. And um, so last week we were talking about how uh, Jesus was defining um, his entire ministry, which all boiled down to the relationship between him and the father. And he, and he kept saying over and over and over, as the Father is in me, I am in him. And, be, and through this relationship, through this connection, through this love relationship that we have for one another, now we're going to be in you, and you get to have that same kind of relationship. And so it was about a oneness. It was about the unity of us with the Holy Spirit and, um, and how he's come to live inside of us. And then the, the power that he flows in and the works that he does uh, all come out of this love relationship that he has with the Father and that we will have with him as he is in us, just as the Father is in him. And, um, and so I wanted to kind of pick up on that this week because 
this year, at the beginning of this year, um, the Lord began to talk to us, and I don't know, for those of you that were here in January, the Lord began to talk to us about entering into his rest. And, um, you know, I may be the only person in this room that's a Martha, um, but I had a German, I have a German father. And for those of you that have German fathers, um, you know, if you're breathing, you're working. If you're awake, you're working. You know, if you sleep, you can rest. But if you're awake, you're doing something. And um, so a lot of us have been raised um, and, and taught since we were children and programmed and trained to work. Work, 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 which is good. Um, however, it creates this um, performance type um, thinking and um, lifestyle that if I do this, then I'll get this. If I work for God, then God will love me. Or if I if I'm if I'm busy doing activities, um, then I'm going to be um, you know that I'm seen as righteous. But uh, Jesus tells us very clearly that we are to enter into his rest. And so to, to me, uh, that was like a foreign concept. Now, uh, I'm not talking about the rest that's the lazy boy kind of rest. I'm not talking about um, that kind of rest. I'm not talking about inactivity, but I'm talking about um, a way of life that we live in that, that we can be those people that have entered into his rest. Therefore, we are, we are victorious. Um, and really, the, the, the rest that I'm talking about is the rest that is living out of the spirit and living out of our spirit man and not out of our soul man. And that was the rest in summary that really I feel like he's talking about. Um, I don't know about you, but this is something that I have to learn to do. It's not like salvation. It's not like getting saved. It's like confession of, of, I believe. It's not like that. There's an actual laboring that the body of Christ has to do in order to enter into his rest. And so I want to talk about that this morning because I feel like that I have finally really um, received some some revelation because I've been praying about this the entire year. I've been praying about this now for uh, what is it? Uh, September nine months, and my my cry to the Lord is God, teach me um, how to enter into your rest. Teach me how to live out of this place in you, because there's so many promises that are tied to living in this rest. Um, so in the Old Testament, what what the God does is he sets up a theme for us in the Old Testament. And and he does it so that we can see in the New Testament, and that's pretty much the way he does everything. And so in the Old Testament, there's a theme about entering into his rest. And um, the the rest of the Lord, he calls it the promised land. He's, and, he, and he told the children of Israel, he said, listen, I'm going to take you, I'm going to move you out of the wilderness and into my rest or into the promised land. This is your inheritance. He told us in, in Deuteronomy, um, he said this, Deuteronomy 12, 9, he said, for, for as you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. So the rest and the inheritance are really the same thing. And then in 1 Kings eight fifty six, he says this, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he had promised. There has not failed one word of his good promise which he promised through his servant Moses. And so he's saying that, that, that the rest of God is the promised land. I'm, I'm taking you into and out of the wilderness. So the wilderness and the promised land are two separate things. And he says, you don't want to be in wilderness living, but you actually want to enter into the rest of God because when you're in the rest, that's where all of the promises are and that's where the inheritance of the Lord is. And so he makes it very clear that this is really what he's after. He says in Leviticus, he, he talks about a Sabbath rest, that on the seventh day, God rested from all of his labor. So God even showed us how to enter into his rest. Isaiah 56 said, keep the Sabbath, and if you do this, I will make you joyful in my house of prayer. 
And then in Ezekiel 44, he said this, um, he said that the priests, it was, it was a, uh, the priests were commanded to rest. And they actually had to show us practically what rest looked like. And they did that they, uh, through um, not sweating. So they, they, they were commanded not to sweat when they were in the service of the Lord. Now, now think about what that looks like because they're in Israel. It's a little hot there. They're in the desert. It's a little hot there. So they literally couldn't move. They literally had to be very still when they were in the service of the Lord, because if they showed anything that did not resemble rest, including perspiration, then that was against uh, one of the commandments of what they, how they were supposed to be serving the Lord. Isn't that incredible? I try to do that. Whew. All right, and then in the New Testament. All right, so in the New Testament, I, what's the promised land? So, so if he showed us, come on, sister, preach my message. <laughs> I love having Sasha on the front row. It's just like, yep, mm-hmm, that's right. And anybody else is welcome to say, give me a big old Pentecostal amen anytime you want to. I love, I, the, come on. This is, what, this is what I love about this family is that everybody has a voice, you know, and you can pretty much tell that when anybody's preaching. Like, yeah, sister. That's right. The promised land is Jesus, Right? So if the promised land is Jesus, um, what he did is he paid the price to take us out of wilderness living. He He paid the price to take us out of our soul life and into the spirit life. And so Jesus said, I am the promised land. I am the land flowing with milk and honey. I am the revelation. I am the light. I am the life. I am love. I am everything that you need. I am the source of all life for you. I am the promise, and there is no other. Come on, sister. And he's saying to us, we, you actually are only complete when you are in Christ, you are only complete when you are in Christ. And so he's, when he talks about entering into the promised land, when he says that you enter into his rest, he is actually talking about this reality, about being in Christ. The writers of Hebrews 4.9 is speaking of this New Testament church. And, and, and he's telling them, very interesting, um, the writer of Hebrews, he says in, in um, chapter 4, 9, and we'll go there in a minute, he, he tells them, there still remains for you a rest. So he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the unbelievers. He's talking to those who are already um, saved, those who have, have received Christ, who have the spirit that is dwelling in them. And he talks to them about the difficulty of entering into this rest. And he says to them, there still remains for you a rest, just like it was in the Old Testament. And he uses and he refers back to the Old Testament and the and the and the wilderness years of coming out of the wilderness and into the promised land. So what he's saying is, listen, you have to labor there in in chapter 4, Hebrews 4. He said you actually have to labor to enter into the rest. Well, that seems odd. So I I have to work to rest? Okay. Come on. I'm going to explain it. Thank you. Thank you, Sasha, once again. All right, turn in your Bibles to John 15. This is going to be so fun and so good because I'm about to set all of you free. Amen? Yeah, you just stop doing all that work. <laughs> Woo! All right, John 15.1. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. Ow is right. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do what? Nothing. You can do nothing. Well, you can do a lot of things, but you're not going to get a whole lot done, okay, as far as uh, kingdom and as far as uh, eternal 
rewards. All right, uh, where was I? Where am I? Okay, let's go to seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. Wait a minute. Stop right there. Let's reread that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I always thought, I always read this, that if you ask anything in my name, it shall be done, right? If you ask anything in my name. How many of you know that? If you ask anything in the name of Jesus, it shall be done. So how many of you are experiencing that in your prayer life? Raise your hand. Okay. Oh, yeah, 100%. I got one in the back. Come on, sister. All right. So if that's true... If this is true, then that means that uh, I'm doing something wrong Um, because I'm actually not experiencing this. And I tell you what, beloved, here is the truth, that this is the life that we are supposed to be living because Jesus came to show us what we were supposed to look like on the earth. And he said that the Father is in me. And, I, and, and the Father and I are going to be with you. So the works that I do, you're going to do also. And he said, even greater works than this because I go to my Father, right? And he, when he's talking about greater works there, he's not talking about uh, quality works. He's talking about quantity works. Because that word actually means space and dimension. That word greater means space and dimension. Guess what that means? He said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to go. I'm going to die. I'm going to be the seed that goes into the ground. And then I'm going to come and do a swan dive in about a billion and more of you. Therefore, I'm going to continue to do the works that I did while I was on the earth. Because guess what? I'm still alive. He's still alive. He's still alive. And the thoughts that he had then when he was on the earth, he's still having those same desires and those same thoughts, but he's living on the inside of us. However, he can't get us to hold still long enough to be doing his work. Mm -hmm. I'm preaching to myself. That's why I'm so passionate. (laughs) Do you hear me preaching myself? Self, do you hear me? (laughs) Settle down in there. Come on. All right. So, again, he says, most assuredly, uh, in, in, in John uh, 14. So, here we are in the upper room discourse. And he's telling, he's like, okay, I know I'm about to go. I know I'm about to hang on a cross. But you have to hear this, what I'm saying. I'm passionately appealing to my disciples. And I know that there will be people on the earth that finally get this and walk this out. That there will be a generation that that, that, that the light of heaven will really, truly begin to shine. That genuinely, you will walk into your offices, into your coffee shops, into Walmart. And people, as you pass by, them will fall down under the power that lives within you come on so he says in in 14 he says this where am i 12 verse 12 most assuredly i say to you he who believes in me the works that i do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because i go to my father and whatever you ask in my name that i will do that the father may be glorified in the son if you ask Anything in my name, I will do it. Man, oh man, that's good news, isn't it? So he's saying, if you ask anything in my name, and and it's really interesting because we we do this, we go, okay, um, um, God, I'm asking for blank, you fill it in, in the name of Jesus. And we go, okay, I did it. Ask in your name. But actually what he's saying is that if you ask in me, if you are in me, if you are connected to me, if you ask in Christ, if you ask in my name, in Jesus, then I will do what what you're asking. But you have to be in me in order to get that fulfilled. Now, this is what this looks like. Wherever you are in your life, people begin to know you as the person that prays and what you pray happens. 
That's what that looks like. That, hey, in Jesus, you know, uh, you know, Father, what are you doing? I am in Christ. I'm resting in Christ. Therefore, I'm praying for you. And guess what happens? Bam. What I asked for just happened. You'd be really popular. You would be the most sought out people in the earth because the whole world would be saying, There's, these people are so incredibly powerful. You don't have to preach the gospel. The gospel is preached through the victory, through the success of your life and the fact that everything that you ask in Christ is happening. Whew. All right. So he says this. So, so in 15, let's go back there. He says, okay, now here's the key with answered prayer. You know, everything that you're asking for is actually being fulfilled and is, and is coming to pass. And he said, here's, here's uh, the benefit of that. Uh, John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be, remain in you and that your joy may be full. So he's saying, do you know what, what a life with answered prayer looks like? It will be the fullness of joy. It is the only time that he talks about the fullness of joy, and he associates it with answered prayer. And he said that not only will your joy be full, but my joy will be in you. And he said, look, I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. Answered prayer glorifies God the Father. He says here in, in chapter 15, verse 8, by this, when he's talking about um, the answered prayer, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. And he said that you living this kind of life, he said people will know that you're my disciples because everything that you say in my name comes to pass. And, and he said, listen, it's going to be an abundance of fruit in your life. How many of you want fruit? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I say checking account get full, I want that thing full. <laughs> if you pray anything in my name, and I'm like, God, listen, I'm tired of messing around with this, and I'm tired of living a life that, where my prayers don't get answered because it's wearing me out, and it's causing my heart to, to be sad and it's causing a lot of the people around me, they don't even believe that I know who you are because some of the things that I'm asking for aren't even coming to pass. I mean, I'm over there saying in your name and nothing is happening. So, so the, and the Lord tells us, the Bible tells us if that happens, then they don't have to believe. If they, if they can't believe in the works that we do, why should they believe in the words that we say? How authentic are we as believers? Well, we're not very. I wouldn't be convinced if I was an unbeliever. I'd be like, Psh, that didn't work. I want fruit. And the fruit, he equates fruit with answered prayer. So what he just did here is he just gave us a measuring line. He just dropped a measuring line and he said, you can actually measure how much you are entering into the rest and my rest and you're abiding in me by the level of answered prayer you have in your life. Okay, but don't be depressed. I mean, I believe, you know, this is what the word, these are the words of Jesus. So, I mean, we have to look at that and say, that's either true or it's not true. Um, so, here's the, uh, so here's the question. So why don't we see this? Why don't we see this reality? Abiding in him, resting in him, walking in him. Because what he did is he, is, I thought it was very interesting how Jesus gives us the analogy of, of the vine and the branch. And he's saying to us, you know, I am the vine and, and you guys are the branches. Well, if you've ever seen a branch hang out on a vine, there's not a lot of activity that the branch is having to do to, to be in the vine, right? It's just there. It's just connected, right? So if Christ is the vine and he is in us, 
That means that our body is the branch. That means that our, our soul life is the branch. That our mind, our will, and our emotions is the branch. So we're the branch that carries around that vine everywhere that we go. And so, our, so a branch, has, its source is the vine. And, and everything that flows out of the vine, in order for the branch to produce fruit... It has, to have, it has to have nutrients. It has to have everything that's in the vine in order to produce fruit. But what the branch does a lot of times, us being the branch, meaning our body and our will and our emotions, is we, we draw from the source of our soul to live. We draw from the source of our soul in order to make decisions, in order to make choices in our lives and we're not drawing from that source of the vine so that Christ and the, and, and, and the inheritance of Christ can be seen in the earth. True. I mean, I, I do that. Don't you? You're like, Oh, forgot to ask again. So he's telling us to abide in him, but how do we do that? I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, I need a 12-step program. I need to, like, get, I need to go through a 12-step program because I think I'm addicted to my brain. I think I'm addicted to, like, my thought life. And, and, well, I'm a woman, so actually women are addicted to their emotional life. Men, can we get an Amen. Like, if I have an emotion, you know, that train, I, I, I take a right turn. It's just like, whoa, I had a feeling. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and John is, you know, he's the opposite. You know, he's very linear. He's very, he's, men are, are like um, very logical. So the logic, men are thinking, well, Okay, let's just think about this logically. But yet there's nothing logical about the kingdom because it's so weird and everything that God does is like the opposite of what we've been taught. You know, like the universities and the strategies and the tactics and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, so neither one of those really works out very well, does it? No, I mean, come on. When you try to do that, when you try to do that, um, that's a train wreck waiting to happen because John and I actually lived that life and we lost all of our money. Right, honey? You can't, yeah, it doesn't work. And especially, listen, when you become a believer, Jesus is faithful not to leave you where you are. So he's actually going to make it more and more difficult for you, for your whole mind control thing to work. Um, Because it doesn't. And so uh, we're to be people that are led by the Spirit, right? All right, how many different ways can I say that? All right. All right, so this is what I learned. Bum, 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 bum. All right, the word in, say in, I-N, the word in, actually has 13 different Greek meanings. Where's Ariel? Where's not Ariel? Where's uh, Lexi? She's studying Greek. Anyway, so it has 13 um, Greek meanings. But the, 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 there was one particular Greek meaning that was for the word in Christ. And throughout the whole um, New Testament, whenever you see in Christ or in me or in him, resting in him, um, that word means ev. It, it, ev is the Greek word. And it actually means in rest. And so um, when, when wherever you see in Christ or in him, that word actually means the... the, the um, uh, primary meaning is to remain at rest with him. So in him, we live and we move, right? And we have our very being. So our soul and our body must come into rest and let him live his life through us. Um, This isn't very easy. Turn in your Bibles to um, Hebrews 4. Are y'all doing okay? Are you having fun? Okay, come on. It's all about fun. It's all about joy. Okay. Um, we're turning to chapter, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. 
Um, so the writer of Hebrews is actually talking to and referring back to the, the children of Israel and how they were disobedient, and they didn't enter into his rest because of unbelief. And he says this, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I'm going to um, part of seven. Um, and then let's move down to verse nine. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. And, and, and the, 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 so the problem is that God is trying to get us to cease from our works, okay? And this should be really good news for us because um, I can work myself into the grave, seriously. Uh, John can tell you, I, I mean, I can work, I don't know, 75, 80 hours a week without even blinking and thinking, well, you know, it's kind of lazy this week. And I think a lot of us, because there's so much activity and there's so much to do. In fact, um, we have a friend um, that posted last night how busy he is. And the thought occurred to me, we should make like this um, uh, documentary, like a mockumentary on busyness. Because have you ever noticed that, that, that people talk about how busy they are all the time? And it's not because it's not true. It's, it's actually true, you know? And I want to be busy in a way that actually produces fruit. Um, so Hebrews 4.11 says this, Let us therefore be diligent, meaning to labor, to enter into that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. So he's telling us to enter into the rest. And he says, listen, this isn't going to be easy. We actually have to labor to enter into rest, meaning um, you're going to have to uh, turn off your old man or your outer man and not let your physical body and your mind and your will and your emotions be in charge of you any longer. Because Christ lives on the inside and he's really, really trying to get out, but he's having some difficulty because your soul life won't be quiet. Have you ever tried to pray and, and when you're praying, um, all you can think about is everything that you need to do? Come on. Well, that's basically what it's like. I mean, you, what's happening is that when you get quiet and your soul life, you can tell how loud your soul life is by how long it takes you to enter into the place of the presence of the Lord. When you can activate your spirit man, which, you, which we did, we practiced that, you should be able to tap into the spirit immediately. You should be able to activate the presence of the Lord that is in you immediately. And if you can't find it, that means your flesh needs to be crucified. So God very clearly is saying that living from the source of the mind um, has got to be brought to an end and living in the spirit as a new creation man. The spirit, think about this, that vine knows the mind and the will and the emotions of God. Why wouldn't we want to let that be the very thing that feeds our body? Why wouldn't we want that to be the very thing that feeds the branches in our, in our body and in our minds, that all of that would come into the subjection of the Spirit. All right, so here's the first thing we have to do. We have to quit trying to please the Lord and work for the Lord. We have to quit. We have to stop, and you need to look in the mirror and say, stop trying to work for God. Because he really didn't need, he said, listen, I call you friends, not servants. I'm not looking for slaves. I'm not looking for people that, that, that don't know me. Because I'm living on the inside of you. And I just want to be, I just want you to be my friend. I just want to talk to you. I want to, I want to hang out. I want to love, I, I love what you love. Let's go play. Let's go enjoy one another. Let's do life together. Let me, let me tell you about how I love you. Um, my, my granddaughter, Evelyn, the other day was asking, Ashley was reading the Bible and, um, my daughter Ashley was reading the Bible and her, my granddaughter said, um, mommy, I want to read the Bible. And so she handed the Bible to her, and, and she was looking at it, and Ashley said, do you know what it says? And she said, yeah, it says, I love you. Okay, I can go home now. Yes. <laughs> you know? 
Come on. He's saying, I just love you. Stop trying to please me. Let's just hang out. And he said, anyway, you can't please God. The only way you can please God is through faith, right? All right. So stop striving to please God and start living from your inner man because that's how you please him. You live through faith in your inner man. He said to the, he said to the wilderness dwellers, look, you're not entering into my rest because you don't even believe. Because you have unbelief, therefore, you're not, inner, you're not living from this place of rest, so therefore, you can't please me. I don't know about you, but I've done a lot of activity in my life, and I've worn myself out. I mean, I can't tell you how much money I've wasted and how much time I've wasted trying to please God. I mean, I'm just being honest. This is a confession of faith to all of my brothers and sisters. And I know, and I'm looking at you, and I know you feel the same way. It's like, dang, I'm so tired. This whole Christian thing, I don't feel like I have a lot of fruit, but I feel like I do a lot of work. And he's saying, listen, you just have to believe and, and, and pull from that source that is within you because that's what pleases me. All right, so Jesus tells us, which is the good news, turn back to John 14. He tells us how to enter into this rest. Um, I love that. He doesn't like say it and then be like, okay, well, this is going to be really hard. Good luck with that. (laughs) John 14. Verse 10. So he tells us this. He says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So he's saying, listen, these are the works. The works come through the Father. The Father is in me. He's the one doing the works. So Jesus is saying, I'm just a forerunner to show you how it's done. The Father is in me, and he's the one that's doing all of this. I don't even do it on my own accord. I'm actually God in the flesh, and I'm telling you how this is done. This is what the new creation man looks like. He wasn't independent of the Father, but he was fully dependent on the Father for everything that he did. And he, remember back in Hebrews, he's like, listen, you guys are, are disobedient. You're in rebellion to me because you're, you, you're not entering into the rest. You don't have faith that, 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 to live out of that fountain and out of that living uh, vine. It's the new creation man. So the key to this is, is in... Um, Uh, Verse 23, the key to how to live this out is in verse 23. Chapter 14, verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. And then he says this, and he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the words which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So he's actually saying this very clearly. He's saying, in fact, turn back to verse 21. He also says this, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So he's saying there's actually a way for you to enter into this rest. And and, and he says, if you do my commandments, then therefore I will come and dwell with you. I'm going to come and live on the inside of you. Well, he already lives on the inside of us, but he's saying that we will actually become one. So, so then we have to ask ourselves, okay, what are these commandments? Um, and then he tells us, hallelujah. He said, now, in verse 12, uh, fifth, chapter 15, verse 12, turn there. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. I'm sorry, what? 
Now, I don't know about you, but I always thought this was going to be hard. Uh, not that loving people isn't hard sometimes. But um, you know how you think it, there's going to be a whole, when he says my commandments, you're like, oh. And you think to yourself there's a whole list of all these things that you have to obey. You know, well, I can't, I, okay, if I don't sin or don't do the look, do, 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 do. But he actually says it's this. He equates it to loving each other. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that I can enter into the rest of the Lord by loving other people, by loving each other. What is that? It, well, okay, but you got to say, wait a minute, stop here. Abiding in him, resting in him, being fruitful, glorifying God, having the fullness of joy, answered prayer, rests in this one truth, that you love one another. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. He's saying if you start loving one another, then something will start to happen. He will start to hear from the Father and convey that to your spirit. He's saying if you do this, then your relationship with me will actually change and you won't be a servant, but you'll be a friend. And so he's saying, remember what he said in 1 John, and we'll get to that in a minute, but he's saying how can you, how can you love, say you love me when you don't love the people that are standing right next to you? And that's part of the faith walk. Have you ever tried to love those who, who are really hard to love? That's why it's a commandment. Um, you, you know, love them, period. There's no like, well, love them if they love you and love them if they think you're amazing, right? They buy you gifts. Incredible. So your relationship with God is actually dependent on your relationship with each other. He's saying, you cannot have this until you have this. All right, turn to 1 John 1, 4. We're almost done. Are you all okay? Are your tummies growling? Well, you're pregnant. Your stomach's always growling. Okay, 1 John 1, 4. Okay, so here's, the, you've got John, the beloved, who is writing the book of John. And, and, and he's the one that understands intimacy. He understands love. He understands, he writes about love, 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 love. So then about 50 years goes by, right? Kind of long in the tooth, right? And, and, he, and then he sits down to write 1 John. And, and what does he write about? He writes about the very same thing as he was talking about in the upper room discourse. He writes about the very same thing. So 50 years has gone by. Think about 50 years. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know what that's like, 50 years. Um, <laughs> you're an unbeliever. <laughs> All right. So John is actually setting up what he's saying, and he says this as he's, as he's doing his introductions. He's saying um, in verse, look at verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. And these things we write to you so that your joy may be full. And so he's about to tell them and write to them about the same thing that he was talking about abiding in the vine. And he's saying these things, once again, I'm writing to you so that your joy may be full. And then he says in verse John chapter 2, verse 6, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write to you no new commandment. I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. And again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is light and hates his brother is actually in darkness until now. 
He's writing to the church. And he's saying, if you say that you hate your brother, you are actually in darkness and there's no light in you. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. He's saying that that, that, that the, the vine and the branch will be cut off and you won't be able to get the resources from heaven because you hate your brother. And he's talking about everyone. He's talking about this love affair. He said, I did this first and I came to show you how it's done. God so loved the world that he gave his only son He so loved the world. He so loved us. And and he's saying, how much, if I did that, should you love the world so that they'll know who I am? This is just amazing to me. And he says, in summary, in 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love of God has what the... Let me read that again. And we have known and believed the love of God that has... Okay, obviously, I did not write this right. All right, we have known and we have believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So this, to me, sounds pretty simple. And I will give you what I believe that the Lord is saying. And and if we can get a handle on this, then I just praise God because we're going to be those people. I want to be those people. How many of you want to be those people with answered prayer? That that, the things that I ask for in Christ. Oh, come on. Whatever. Show me some hands here, people. Woo! (laughs) Um. You know, the Lord speaks to us and he tells us things that he wants us to do. And um, we go about working, working, working and trying to build things for God, right? But if we do that outside of loving our brother and he's saying, listen, love me and love each other. That's really the only thing that you've got to do. And then I'm going to do the rest for you. It's going to be so easy because you're going to live out of the vine. And anything that you ask in me, I'm going to actually do. Think about what that, think about what that looks like. Well, we know that there'll be no perspiration in it, right? So we can get rid of that cancer-causing deodorant. Um, so he's saying, listen, it's not that you won't be doing anything. It's just that you're not going to have to strive You're not going to have to stress. So I want you to think in your mind, okay, who is it that I am, that I'm, that I'm holding a grudge against? Who is it that I haven't forgiven? Who is it that I'm, um, that I really need to forgive? And I really need to find a way to, to reach out and to love them. You know, even though they've hated me, even though they despised me. How can I be loved? How can I love my brother? Remember, he called us, be loved, be loved, be loved. And then once you begin to do that, and you know that it's that simple, it really does set you free from all of that works mentality. So I just want to pray that over us this morning. And then, Mason, where are you? He did? Okay. Let's put on some music. And um, prayer team, I want you to come come up. And um, I want to pray for you because I don't know about you, but I know that there are people in my life that I could really love better. And now my prayer is this. Um, it, it's gone from teach me how to rest to teach me how to love. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not sure how good I am at this, especially because I'm a prophet. You know, I mean, if you've ever been loved by a prophet, it's pretty painful. (laughs) 
got an amen. Come on. Good song. Your love transforms me. Seriously, though. I just want to pray over you. Because I want to love really well. And I want us to be the most loving community. I love what Jeremy put on Facebook recently. He said, you know, miracles are great. Healings are great. But the biggest miracle of all is when a bunch of strangers love each other like family. So, Father, I pray this morning. Just close your eyes. Father, I pray this morning that if there's anybody that we have in our lives that we are holding um, something against that we're, we haven't forgiven, I ask, Father, that you would come and um, reconcile, that you would come, God, and um, help us to just give that up, just release it. I pray, Father, that you would teach us how to love like you loved. Father, that we would be on a journey of how to love more, how to love deeper. That we could just, people would be so um, taken by our love. And then right on the heels of that would be the presence of God. You are love, God, and you are good. So I know that you're going to answer this prayer. That we will be the most loving people on the earth. So if you need prayer, just come on up. Um, if you need healing in your body, we've been seeing just crazy healings. Please come up. We'd love to pray for you. And um, for those of you who want to do meet and greet, which we only say meet and greet because it rhymes, um, but come on back and we'll give you a, a hug and a... Okay, what, what, what rhymes with hug? Bug. We'll give you a bug and a hug, like a bug and a rug. I'm a poet. All right. Love you guys. Y'all have a great lunch. Have a great day. We love you. Oh, wait. Sasha wants to say something else. During worship and uh, when Tracy was speaking, I just feel like there's someone. Uh, I got this picture of uh, Tracy was talking about connecting, connecting with Jesus. And I feel like the Lord wants to connect our own hearts. So when we connect with Jesus, we can connect our own hearts. And I, what the picture I got was someone's hobby like golf, I actually saw golf clubs in the closet locked up and a part of your heart was in there. And uh, you're living a divided life because you think that Jesus doesn't want to go golfing with you. And so I feel like people in this, in this house, if you have, you know, if you put your hobby and you put, and you put a lock on it and part of your heart is there, the Lord wants to open that up. And the thing was not to put that away. It was to connect with him in that place. So I just really feel like if you need prayer for that, come on up. And if you pray pray in tongues while you golf, I'm telling you, you will ace it. It's like hole in one.